0: They say markets work a certain way. They say if you want high returns, you have to accept higher risks. Cox Automotive says you take the upside, we'll take the risk. Introducing Upside by Cox Automotive, the all new way to wholesale that turns that old wisdom upside down. Visit taketheupside.com to learn more.
1: Welcome to Daily Drive for Tuesday, November 8th, 2022. I'm Jake Neer with Automotive News, in for Jamie Butters. And I'm Kamlin
2: Walker. Today on the show... Automakers want answers from Treasury about new EV tax credits. Carvana shares plunge to a record low, and the head of Aston Martin's Americas region is out after less than a year. Plus, we'll hear Jamie's interview with Constellation co founder and CEO Diana Lee from last week's Web Summit in Lisbon, Portugal.
3: I think dealers have gotten such a bad name throughout the years, and it's all because it's not a stress-free experience in purchasing a vehicle. And so how do you make it more transparent?
2: Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto
1: industry. Automakers are asking the U.S. Treasury Department for clarity on key provisions in the new tax credit for electric vehicles and they're urging as much flexibility as possible as they hurry to localize supply chains for EV batteries and critical minerals. Under the Inflation Reduction Act, the department is required to issue proposed guidance by the end of the year that will further define how to meet the credit's eligibility constraints. To make things less confusing, the Alliance for Automotive Innovation told Treasury that it should develop a centralized portal by January 1st that allows automakers, dealers, consumers, and relevant federal agencies to clearly convey consumer and vehicle eligibility. It also asked the department to broaden its definition of free trade agreements.
2: Another area where the Inflation Reduction Act has created confusion is over the sourcing of minerals, in particular, the exclusion of credits for EVs that use key minerals from a, quote, foreign entity of concern. The definition isn't exactly clear, and car giants such as Ford and Toyota say the government should loosen the terms of the Inflation Reduction Act to allow manufacturers to source EV components from more places. The automaker's stance clashes with U.S. mining companies which supply raw materials to the industry. They say the act is right to push manufacturers towards domestic producers. In comments to the IRS, Ford urged the U.S. to exempt domestic suppliers from the foreign entity restrictions, regardless of ownership. It also wants to allow most non-U.S. companies as long as 50% or less of their ownership doesn't meet the foreign entity of concern definition. Toyota said guidelines on manufacturing and sourcing should be spelled out, and that Japan should be explicitly included among the sources eligible for tax credits.
1: Carvana is set to wipe out more than half of its market value in just two trading sessions. The retailer's stock plunged to an all-time low on deepening gloom about used car sales. Carvana shares have sunk more than 53% in the two trading days since the company reported disappointing third-quarter results late on Thursday. It brings the company's once lofty market capitalization down to about $1.4 billion. That's down from $2.6 billion before the earnings miss, and a far cry from the $60 billion valuation the firm commanded last year. The shares fell almost 16% to close at $7.39 on Monday.
2: And Aston Martin has appointed a new president in its Americas region for the second time in a year. The British super luxury brand picked McLaren veteran Tony Joseph to take over for Adam Chamberlain, who is leaving the company this month. It did not disclose the reason for his departure. The automaker has weathered financial turmoil and is in the midst of a transition to electric vehicles. Joseph was previously president of McLaren Group in North America. He was responsible for introducing and launching the brand of lightweight, high-performance sports cars in North America. And those are today's headlines. Coming up, a look at how new tech can fundamentally change the relationship between dealers and their online customers. That's next on Daily Drive.
3: Slate Money is a weekly roundup of the most important stories from the world of business and finance, hosted by Felix Salmon, Elizabeth Spires, and me, Emily Peck. Confused by crypto? Can't keep up with the metaverse? Wondering why the price of just about everything keeps rising? The Slate Money podcast is here for you. Listen to Slate Money every Saturday morning, wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Some dealers say it's not worth taking a trade they won't retail. They say if it doesn't fit their brand, they'd rather pass. Cox Automotive says now you can easily see the profit in any trade and never risk losing that new customer. Introducing Upside by Cox Automotive, the only way to wholesale that turns that old wisdom upside down. Every vehicle you place in the Upside digital auction is backed by our guaranteed minimum price, so you never risk a loss. And when a vehicle sells for more than our guarantee, you keep the lion's share of the Upside. It's a -a one-of-a-kind auction that gives you an alternative to accepting wholesale losses. And it's built on the principles of the country's top performing wholesale sellers. So your vehicles have the best possible chance to get bids and get bought. Dealers taking advantage of Upside's game-changing policies are already saying yes to more trades and making more money all while never risking a loss. Sound too good to be true? Visit taketheupside.com now to learn more.
1: Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jake Neer with Kellen Walker. While Jamie was in Portugal for the annual Web Summit last week, he caught up with Diana Lee, co-founder and CEO of the advertising technology company, Constellation. She spoke at Web Summit about how to create a frictionless buying experience for online car customers. Lee says the fusion of financial technology and ad tech has revolutionized the online vehicle buying process. Here's their conversation.
4: Diana Lee, welcome back to Daily Drive.
3: Hi Jamie, it's so good to see you.
4: So you just came off the stage, one of the stages, here at Web Summit. What were you talking about?
3: You know, it was interesting because the topic was all about FinTech meeting ad tech.
4: Well, that's your space.
3: Yeah, it's pretty interesting because it represents auto, right, Mm -hmm. because, you know, for the last 30 years that I've known auto, it's always been about offer iterations. And so it's interesting how the whole thing is evolving right now based on credit applications, how many steps that you actually have to take in order to purchase a vehicle, and really everybody wanting that frictionless experience, right? But you can't actually do it unless fintech actually meets ad tech.
4: And so because your business really targets uh, advertising at certain groups, but a lot of it is also promoting the financial offers that you have to make.
3: Yeah, we work with banking institutions, white labels of OEMs as well as actually retailers. And overall everybody has the same problems. It's, you know, when you get to the website, it's 52 lines of data that you have to enter in to purchase a vehicle. How do you collapse all those steps and actually put start the transactional process inside of the ad unit where it auto-fills your personalized information without you having having to type it?
4: I would just be happy if the information I typed in got to the dealer uh, before I got there because half the time it seems like uh, it just goes away in the ether and becomes nothing more than a a name and and an address, but uh, very exciting uh, prospects there.
3: Absolutely, I think dealers have gotten such a bad name throughout the years and it's all because it's not a stress-free experience in purchasing a vehicle. And so how do you make it more transparent by giving offer details right away in terms of what you're purchasing, how much it is. And then really, secondly, whether you have it in stock, because the customer shows up and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry, I sold that car already, right? And then they're like, you've been lying to me. switch. Yes, yeah. and so it resolves a lot of the transparency issues that are actually out there in the auto market, and it creates trust, if you can actually create um, an area where you're giving out the information in terms of the offer, the price, the inventory, and that you have it in stock.
4: So we're here at Web Summit. Uh, more than 70,000 people here from all over the tech world and business world. What, what do you as an entrepreneur you know, hope to gain from coming here? What does Web Summit mean to you?
3: It's so funny. It's one of the biggest tech conferences in the world. They have it every year in Lisbon. I come usually for the public speaking events. Um, A lot of press is here, like you are here today, right? (laughs) It's like the who's who of press is always here, so you can actually meet with a lot of press and talk about your products, talk about your journey as an entrepreneur. For me, I talk about diversifying my portfolio, diversifying my um, people that work for our our organization, Um, but it's also an opportunity to also meet other tech founders that are similar to you, right? There's not a lot of female tech founders that I've ever engaged with, but to have so many of them on the stage with you, because I think Web Summit really concentrates on bringing in a diversified panel and diversified thinkers. And so I love being here for that reason because it allows us to represent ourselves, but also to see other founders that are very similar to you that have similar experiences now.
4: Yeah, it seems like a really diverse group here. I mean, you hear all the languages uh, from all over Europe yeah. and Asia and the Americas. It's just, uh, it's just amazing.
3: It's exciting.
4: So before we get too geeked out on the tech stuff, let's talk a little about autos. Uh, you've got your finger on the pulse of auto retail advertising. What are you seeing these days?
3: You know, it's scary. As we talked about it before, um, you know, offers really went away for two years, right? And so there were so many dealerships that just shut off advertising. Even the automakers saving money right now, in marketing was a big thing. Um, the dealers are making a ton, a ton of money on gross margins. And I'm really happy for them because for so many years, it was so price competitive with too many franchises all competing. And even now you see the electric car makers coming in. They're brand new. You see Sony's even building a vehicle, right? Like people who never built cars. Suddenly I'm building a car, right? And so it's scary to a lot of the franchise communities where... The family's built the business in the last 50 years and it's been passed on generation to generation. But now I think offers are coming back. What I'm noticing, I was in Southern California a few weeks ago and I noticed there that on my phone I'm getting a ton of advertising of cemented rates, Mm. cemented prices. We
4: have not seen that for a while.
3: Two years. And now it's coming back, and I think it has to do something with the fact that inventory is starting to come back, at least the gas-powered vehicles. And because of that, people are noticing that they now have to compete again with the numbers, and the franchises have to start advertising if they want to grab more market share in the future.
4: Yeah, a little more inventory, and also with interest rates going up, that becomes something you can advertise, something I that's of value to uh to a consumer that if interest if you can borrow only at three percent or something then getting zero percent interest is not such a great come on and if there were ads before they were all about uh how can i buy your car yeah or uh come into the service
3: shop Yes. <laughs> and one of the things that i found out recently and this was a shocking number i just was shocked by it that 89 percent percent of consumers are not going back to the original dealership where they lease their vehicles hmm. the highest penetrations of leases across the country have dramatically dropped with the fact that people are now selling their own cars right
4: when they get to the end of their lease, the and lease. when pri- used prices were so high most people would buy out their lease yes. and then sell it to you know Carvana or yes. their neighbor or somebody else.
3: Somebody else. And the shocking part of this whole journey that I'm noticing right now, which I think is one of the things I've never seen in the auto industry, is that if you're not bringing it back to the original dealership, you no longer have loyalty. Dealership loyalty and brand loyalty, right? And like this is intense right now because to me, it doesn't make any sense that a dealership is buying the vehicle over market from a different consumer than their own that they actually have in their CRM, their DMS, their rental system, right? But they're gonna overcharge and overbuy a vehicle from uh, another consumer. So to me, I'm like, Why don't you just tell your consumer that purchased the lease from you, here's your $2,000 so you don't actually have to sell it yourself. (laughs) I just feel like it's just so simple.
4: (laughs) Well, the prices are coming back to normal. We may get to uh, more normal type behaviors again soon.
3: Absolutely.
4: so your company, uh, Constellation, you have some big news. Uh, you've been working on a, a pretty major funding round. Uh, what's what's yeah. going on with that? What can you tell us about that?
3: I mean, not much, Jamie, but <laughs> we're finally, you know, coming to the end of that. It's been a, a journey, a learning. Um, it's been an experience because it has been our first round. So it's just interesting how, you know, the... The stock market dropped considerably. You know, it's yeah. so funny because in 2021, I was looking at some of the venture funds that were actually out there, and uh, they were funding about 29, 30 companies. And I looked just this year, and they're picking three or four. Wow. And these are the biggest software company funders out there in venture. I mean, it's dropping considerably. So there's a lot of money in the sidelines, and uh, they're they're looking at the market just to see if it's going to settle down a bit before they come back in, I think.
4: Well, so what do you want to do with the money you're raising? What do you, How are you yeah. investing in the business?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's been six years for Constellation, and we self-funded it from the start, mainly because being a minority, <laughs> it's been hard. You know, the journey is always trying to prove the fact that you have a differentiated product. Now, six years later, we've doubled year over year we're up 90% in revenues this year, EBITDA positive, things that, you know, people have not been able to do in the auto industry and pivoting outside of auto is a big play.
4: That's been a big part of it, hasn't it?
3: It has because, you know, people were not advertising in auto. So,
4: what it, else did you get into then?
3: Yeah, pharmaceuticals, um, healthcare, travel. Hmm. Um, we diversified our portfolio. Mainly because we also realize that there's too many advertisers in the auto space and the messagings are too similar, right? And so by speaking to the dealer community, many of them are like, I can't trust the marketing community if they're going to also advertise for my next-door neighbor as well. Mm -hmm. And I really understood that from their perspective, right? How do you represent the dealership perspective when you're basically taking the business from their neighbor that's also competing with them.
4: Yeah, well, and I mean, your technology seems very transferable to a lot of other industries. I think that's part of what's been appealing probably to investors and some of the big ad agencies that that have talked to you over the years.
3: Yeah, so people have always asked us, are you an ad tech? And I always used to answer it yes until recently when you're doing this fundraising run, right? And people are like, no, you're not an ad tech. And I'm like, really, what am I? And they said, you're an end-to-end marketing solution, Diana, because ad creation is just one component of what you do. You have a whole compliance piece. You have a data piece. You have a whole process that gets co-op approval. You have a process to actually get branding approval. You answer the question, am I brand compliant? Am I legal compliant? Am I state regulatory compliant? All within the ad technology. So it becomes an end-to-end marketing solution, not just the ad tech.
4: So we're, we're about out of time, but I want to ask you one more kind of big uh, question. Like how then is, AI and machine learning getting integrated into the constellation process.
3: Yeah, I mean, this is the most exciting part is that if images no longer need people because we basically dynamically generate the images right now. We currently run thousands, I mean, 80,000 offers sometimes for the OEM, Hmm. you know, for all different DMAs and representation of all the dealer communities, that's what we can do now because a machine is mass iterating all those versions. We call it dynamic creative automation. But the future is this, with machine learning, the images no longer have to come from a library. It's auto-image generated through text. Now, I wanna say that one more time. If images can be auto-generated from text, You don't need creative libraries. So in automotive, think about it. Every automaker has a portal that has creative and it's ancient. You have to download the asset. Then you have to basically give it to a designer. The designer has to put here, make, model, trim, bin, disclosures, match it to the image and add the offer, right? And you're doing it all manually. It's like Groundhog Day for everybody, every day. (laughs) Offer drops on the first. It takes 16 days to go to markets because you've got website display programmatic social you got 50 vendors to actually give it out to and it's, that doesn't work anymore
4: it's so inefficient i mean the idea of dropping a new program each month is to react to the market but if it takes half a month for it, the ads to get out are you really even
3: reacting absolutely so there's a lot of um, companies that do business with us now And now they have two days to get out to market and that's every single platform that they actually can market on, whether it's Meta, Programmatic, it's um, their website. You don't even need the website provider to load it to your website. A machine will load and do all those things. So the days are, you take a ticket, you wait until somebody can help you are over. But it's mind blowing if you can take 14 days ahead of every automaker of every franchise and market automatically sooner so we have some of the largest franchises that basically you know became from number four to number two number five to number one and it's because the days to market have transformed with new ad technology that's out there.
4: Diana Lee, CEO and co-founder of Constellation Agency, thank you for joining me today on Daily Drive.
3: Thank you so much, Jamie, for having me.
1: That's Daily Drive. For today, I'm Jake Neer.
2: And I'm Kellen Walker. You can get the latest news on retail technology, new EV tax incentives, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com.
1: back tomorrow for Jamie's conversation with Mark Musson, CEO of Human AI, about mapping the risk through every journey for fleet customers. If you enjoyed the podcast, remember to like, leave a review and subscribe so you never miss an
0: episode.